This podcast is brought to you by Progressive. Have you tried the Name Your Price tool yet? It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to find a rate that works for you. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive. Get your quote today at Progressive.com and see why four out of five new auto customers recommend Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Brendan Gennetti. And I'm Devin O'Haran. And you're listening to Music You're Missing. And we're here to steal your girl. <laughs> that was pretty funny, Devin. You surprised me with that one. Um, but yeah, and by that she means we're back with part two of season two. And we have a very special guest coming to us all the way from the West Coast. Yes, we, we've had some, a couple West Coasters, but I think this is the most West we got because he's originally from Honolulu. Yeah. By the way, we should probably give him the name. <laughs> his name <laughs> is Kuwata. You might know him because his breakout track, Cherry Cola, has amassed nearly 80 million streams. Just a few. Yeah, just a few. He might be our most streamed artist this season, and he is back with some new music. His latest track, No Business, is out now. I see you pull up on the west side, posting thirst traps, but no text ride. Looking for a body at a necktie. Well, I wish you for the best on your next life. I'm the type to kick it on the low low. And I think we even have like a Boston connection with him. We were yeah. doing some creeping. Because you know me and Brendan are the best stalkers. Well, just Devin. Actually, yes, <laughs> just me. I'm like texting Brendan earlier and I was like, hey, you know, he went to Tufts. He was like, how did you even know that? Yeah, well, because then I would like, I Googled his name and I still didn't even find record of it. But oh, somehow I'm Devin. Just, I am the biggest stalker. If you need to get anything done or you need to find out any information, just let me just know. Just your way. And I will get it done. Devin, if this is uh, someone's first time listening, what can they expect from the show? So they can expect new upcoming artists. Actually, doesn't necessarily be new or upcoming. Uh- <laughs> okay. So, okay, yeah, all right. Swing and a miss. You know, I'm really trying. It's been a really long day. So basically what she was saying is there's like a lot of music out there. And a lot of the times, a lot of these people, I'm saying a lot, a lot, uh, are getting a bunch of streams. Those streams don't necessarily turn in to media attention. So we're here to learn more about the artist directly from the source. Exactly. And then after we interview said artists, their tracks are then added to our streaming playlist called Music You're Missing, which you can find where, Devin? On Spotify and Apple playlists. Music. Oh, playlist. No, Podcast. No. <laughs> I don't know. No, we have so much yeah. going on. I honestly can't keep track of it. It's actually really funny. If you go back and listen to every episode, she'll either refer to it as Apple Podcasts, <laughs> Apple Playlist, sometimes Apple Music. So it is Apple Music. <laughs> but I don't use Apple Music. I'm a Spotify guy, but she's an Apple Music gal. So you'd think. Honestly, Spotify just confuses me, and I feel like I sound 80 years old, but I cannot figure it out for the life of That's me. That's exactly how I feel about Apple Music. But, you know, I can figure out TikTok, so that's all that matters. <laughs> that's honestly something I still need help with. Uh, but anyways, make sure you go checking out uh, the Music You're Missing playlist. Like she said, Spotify and Apple Music. And then we have an Instagram. It's new this season. It's at Music You're Missing. Kind of needs some love, so give it to us. Enough of that. Let's get Kuwata on the line. We are joined with Kuwata. How's it going, man? 
Hey, what's up, guys? Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure. So you are originally from Honolulu, Hawaii, but you're in L.A. right now, yeah? Yes. I've heard you've kind of hopped around the States. <laughs> yeah, I did hop around quite a bit. So me and Brendan mm-hmm. are both from Boston. So you graduated 2018, yeah? Yeah, I graduated in 2018. So I believe... I'm trying to think. So 2018, you were there for four years? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the crazy snowstorm. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that was my freshman year. I, I didn't even have like, a proper winter coat. Yeah. <laughs> I remember we had like four snow days like in a row or something. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Like we didn't go to school for like a week. But yeah. we were just out like sledding down the hill, like, you know, having fun with our friends. Yeah, that was such an amazing time. I, I was, remember that. We were so, seniors in Yeah, high I think school. we were just a year below you. We were seniors in high school, and we didn't have to make up our snow oh. days, so it was, like, the perfect time oh, for that I to happen. It. <laughs> Wait, so speaking of Boston, we want to ask you a couple Boston-based questions. Yes. Grill me. You, I love my... I love my Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least they have Dunkin' Donuts in L.A. now. They're moving over to the I West Coast. That is good. In terms of Boston, what were, like, some of your favorite Boston restaurants? Oh, man. Uh, see, the, okay, here's the thing. Tufts was, like, a food desert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I loved, I worked one summer in Boston. I lived in Fenway. Oh. And I remember going to, uh, what's the burger place? Oh, Tasty, Tasty Burger. Burger. <laughs> no, no, the one that, there's a chain, there's one in oh, Cambridge Square, too. Um, Shake Shack, or yeah, is I, it Wall Burgers? Shack, one more, they had, like, a pool table. Uh, or also, like, uh, there's, like, good Italian in the North End, right? Like, oh, oh, yeah. So good. Yeah, I'm reading the best Italian I've had in Boston. I love, uh, I had fun, like, Harvest Square, which is good. Oh, yeah. But honestly, I really, I really enjoyed the Tufts Dining, you know? It was, uh, it was all you can eat, and, you know, it kept me fed. For four years, and I loved. I actually worked. I wrote burritos at the school, so that was kind of like it. Kind of hit home. Like that's like my thing is like tough. The food was like the most memorable thing. Sometimes that's awesome. <laughs> Did you have a favorite meal from Tufts? Oh man, I used to like. Um, there was this sandwich called the Charles M G H. The, all the sandwiches were named after uh, train stops in Boston, and it was uh, like a submarine roll, turkey, guac, ranch. Swiss bacon. You're making me hungry. (laughs) Oh man, I'm sorry. I I still make that sandwich sometimes because it like reminds me of my days like rolling burritos and making sandwiches at Tufts. Oh, I love that. Like something that just brings a little piece of home or makes you nostalgic. So yeah, the East Coast has that feel for me. It's very nostalgic. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Cherry Cola started to blow up while you were at Tufts, correct? Yeah, it was like my senior year. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do. I remember <laughs> I, I either wanted to be a teacher or like continue studying psychology. But then luckily, like it, it started to blow up senior my senior year. So I was like, I guess I know what I can do after school now. I guess I can at least be employed like everyone else. <laughs> I guess. I guess I could have a song that if has amassed must. 80 million streams. How is it <laughs> balancing that? rise yeah. to success so quickly but also you're like nearing your degree Senior year i feel like that's just such a difficult a difficult time to begin with and then having this song just skyrocket it was it was funny um okay i i, I don't recommend this to everybody listening right now but i took like three classes in my first semester and like two my second semester senior year so i wasn't too busy because i like took all my classes the first three years gotcha. so i like got everything out of the way but i remember like trying to like finish writing my thesis second semester 
because I put that off so much because we were like working on music, like you know, working on the deal we got into, um, and just I was super busy with music. But I was trying to write my thesis, and like I remember, like at the end when I, they graded my thesis, they got really mad at me because I had spelling errors because I didn't have time to like double check it or anything. <laughs> hey, well, you graduated. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, I made it. Uh, I feel I'm proud of myself for sticking through and finishing school. So while you were at school and, and working on music, was it ever your intention to pursue it full time, or was it just kind of a passion project? Oh, literally, like I never thought once, like in my years at Tufts, let me try to make music professionally. I just thought that was something that like didn't happen. Yeah, like, I just I just thought it was so beyond like reach so i actually just made music like on my computer and no one ever heard it like not even my friends knew i made music or anything like no one knew i really made music in college because i just didn't really like share that with people i was very private about it Mm kind of you know nervous i didn't think it was any good or nothing but i guess like with cherry cola me and my brother worked on it so i kind of had this confidence of like all right at least someone else helped me with it like i'll put it out there and see what happens and I guess it was something that kind of showed me, oh, like, you have an opportunity to, like, pursue music. Like, it's possible. Like, you can put something on the internet or, like, and you might, you know, find some success with it. It was all very, like, serendipitous. And, like, I love music to death, but I never thought while I was at Tufts that I would, like, be doing this right now. The thing is, is when a song goes viral and, you know, it gets on playlists and stuff, it it usually amasses like a, a few million. I mean, that is, that's a huge feat still, but yours really like it took off beyond other viral tracks. Uh, and I know it, mm-hmm. you were contacted obviously by a bunch of labels and stuff. Did you feel like yeah. fully equipped to handle that in the moment? Cause I mean, you're, you're only <laughs> 21, 22. No. Yeah. Not at all. Honestly, I didn't know anything. I don't know. Like the labels hit me up before I even had my like first managers with me. Wow. Like, I didn't even have my, my boys with me. It was literally, like, me and my brother, like, getting emails, talking to them, which is super interesting. Didn't have a lawyer at the time. Uh-oh. We didn't know anything about it. So it was just a crazy ride. Like, we were, like, literal deer in the headlights mm-hmm. of, like, everything. And we were young and, like, just out of college. And it was just kind of a crazy time to, like, wrap your head around it. The learning curve was really steep, and it probably took me till now to, like, really understand what it means to like be an artist and work hard and you know perfect that craft so it was really like a weird learning curve that's one of my favorite things um while talking and doing this podcast and talking to other artists is you're really understanding and bringing to light the little things that go behind these songs like the Mm -hmm. managers the labels trying like the lawyers you just said um, the production of all these songs, no one thinks about that. Because it's important to to know your shit. <laughs> and yeah. it's it's not – like, yeah. I, I only knew that because it's what I studied and that's what I did. And, I like, I interned and, I like, I got to see firsthand how, you know, twisted it can be. Like, the music industry is a magical, glamorous place. But at the end of the day, it can also be a little twisted. It's so. nitty-gritty. Yeah. To so, say the very least. Yeah, it was weird going into it because i i kind of had the, the the view that everybody else has in the music industry like when we first signed it felt like all the glam all the glitz you know they take you in the office and it seems like the most magical thing in the world mm-hmm. and like you can't really like it seems too good to be true but you believe it's true and then like you realize you know the music industry is business it's an industry 
And in that industry, you kind of realize that, like, you have to grow kind of quick and be, like, develop really tough skin. Like, you have to be able to stand your ground and, like, not let anything affect you. So that was, like, kind of the hardest part for me was learning to develop, like, thicker skin and be a little bit um, more tough and have that grit in an industry that, you know, it can be fairly um, – can be a little ruthless, like, every industry, you know? Definitely. Well, that being said, how do you think you've taken – you know, your experiences dealing with, with label and, and, you know, big business, how do you think that's shaped you into the artist you are today? Cause I feel net like now you're super confident in your work. <laughs> that's why you say that. The weird thing for me was like the first song I ever put out got me a deal. And that in a sense, like was a blessing and a curse mm-hmm. because I didn't really have like this whole time to like put out a bunch of mixtapes like you know make really bad songs because like if you're signed to a label you have to like deliver music that's going to follow up what you've already done yeah so it was like a ton of pressure early on and like i couldn't i didn't deal with pressure super well back then i i'd say i didn't have the time to develop but over the past two years like i've kind of been doing this out of college i've really kind of had to grow up and like become a stronger person and like really hone my craft at producing writing and singing I think I've just kind of come full circle where I feel confident to like, you know, really start grinding and putting out everything I'm doing. Cause I spent like two years just making a bunch of songs that weren't good, um, to be honest. And, uh, like not all of them were good. Some of them were great, but I think, I think I got really lucky in that. Like I wrote a song that got me a deal. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of it was luck at the time, but now I think the music I'm putting out, I've worked for the success it'll get or, like, the success it may get. Like, I think everything I've done in those two years has been, you know, to make sure I'm a more consistent artist, make sure I'm a more developed and grown artist. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome, and that's really what you can ask for when you are an artist. I feel like you yeah. have found your voice, you have the ability to kind of create what you want, which is, is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's great to be independent again. It feels good. Definitely. Well, that leads us to the perfect segue. No Business, it's your latest track. Uh-huh. It's definitely sonically different from what we've heard in the past. Uh, and yeah. obviously, like you said, there was yeah. some time before then and now. So I'm wondering, like, how did you kind of harness in on this sound? Yeah, our first three tracks, I was working with my brother, who was actually also part of Kawada. We signed the deal together. It was me and Cameron. But Cameron now has um, decided to leave Kawada, and he's doing his own thing, killing it, mixing, producing. And then what happened was, like, I had to kind of learn when uh, he decided to go his own way how to produce a lot more. So I put a lot of time into producing and with no business. I wanted to, like, give something a little more edgy. Like, I felt like everyone kind of knew me for a very laid-back, like, very kind of chill, not super, like, offensive sound. But I kind of want to make something that went a little harder, had a little more edge to it. Mm -hmm. And I love, like, I listen to probably my top genres is, like, R&B and rap, like, hip-hop. So I wanted to, like, kind of channel that in my own way and link up with my boy Thomas from high school. We randomly, like, linked up because we weren't even, like, tight in high school. But he was in L.A. and he, like, texted me. He was like, yo, we should link up. And as soon as I heard him, like, start rapping, I was like, let me make something that's kind of 2000s 
90s R&B, like kind of old school mm-hmm. that has that kind of flair to it. And we kind of came together and made that track, and I'm pretty proud of it. It was super fun to work with someone with like Thomas with that much energy and like, you know, that we vibe that hard. And that sound is so uniquely you. I feel like it's it really is like, just from my perspective, I can kind of hear from your previous work what you've been working towards. And I believe it's this sound, and I believe this is exactly like, I don't know, just kind of your lane, and I'm excited to to hear what's next. Yeah, thank you. Do you have any plans for a music video or any visuals uh, with the track? Ooh, that was no business, but uh, my next track coming out that I made with my best friend Amy, um, it's called Sundress. We just shot like a super cool like visual for it down in like Laguna Beach at the sunset. Oh, nice! I'm so excited more, like, to see it. I love music videos like that. Oh, it's very like on brand with Kuwata. It's like that song's a little more like chill vibes like r&b still a little bit more edgy than my earlier stuff but the sunset uh scenery is going to be dope and like i think the visuals came out really great i'm actually we're going to edit the video tomorrow oh sweet do you have an estimated time of when the track's going to drop oh i don't want to make any promises on gotcha don't air, worry but, you know it depends like because we're trying to like i'm finishing up a couple songs with it so I'm trying to see if I want to, like, wait and put everything out as, like, an EP or, like, put out Sundress as a single and then put out the rest later. But it's all kind of weird because, like, you know how the holidays is with, like, mm-hmm. releasing music. You kind of, like, got to be making Christmas music. Yep. You're going to release in December. It, it, well, it's funny, too, because, like, Mariah Carey is on top of the charts for, like, the 25th year in a row. And you're like, come on. Like, oh, yeah. Let's get some breaks for the new <laughs> artist. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe I'll make Christmas music one day. It seems, like, kind of hard, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually kind of like when modern artists, not necessarily, like, top artists, just because they're going to go for the more pop sound, but when, like, uh, artists put their own vibe on like Casey Musgraves did a Christmas album that That was like a big like kind of stoner Christmas album that was kind of rad I mean it's just like cool to hear like modern day takes on Christmas songs like the there's like Chance and Jeremiah did a like Christmas rap album that was sick yep yeah you you know what's wicked funny and I feel like no one knows this Dej Loaf and Kodak Black have a Christmas song out and it's like the funniest shit I've ever heard you're lying no it's it's called All I Really Want for Christmas is You it's so funny dude I listen to it like every year me and all like my guy friends we just like joke about it because I think we're the only people (laughs) in the world that know that it exists wait those two doing a Christmas song is just not (laughs) that's just not it I'm so sorry So I think I'll leave you with one question. Um, and you've kind of been vocal about sharing your stories with your ventures into the music industry, like at the beginning of this. Um, but I'm wondering, yeah. just because we talk to a lot of young artists, specifically a lot of young artists that have a track that's blowing up, uh, I'm wondering what advice you can give them. I would say know your worth and like know you got something great. Mm-hmm. Like know that what you have is yours. And like music is a very personal thing. I think once a song blows up, it's really easy for it to become depersonalized from yourself. Like It's very easy to be like, the audience matters more, the listeners matter more, the labels matter more, the fan matters more. But the thing is, like, you made that song, and that's like a part of you, and that that's sacred to me. So like, be very careful when, you know, you're blowing up. Like, you got to make sure the music's still yours. Like, like 
legally, physically, and like spiritually. Make sure that like the music is yours and like you still hold on to that as a piece of yourself. It's very easy for like the music to become, you know, everybody else's, and you never want that to happen. You never want to be writing music, releasing music, singing music for the purpose of like everybody else is consuming it. It kind of has to come from you and be like intrinsically motivated and be something that's like personal and like a piece of you. And I think that's something I wish somebody told me earlier on. Um, but it took me like a while to figure it out, but I think I figured it out a little bit. Definitely. I mean, and now you're killing it. And I, I think it's really cool, you know, that you're able to experience that. And now it seems you had mentioned you're working with a bunch of your friends. That's awesome that you're able to yeah. work with some of your best friends on, on you know, your career. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's so cool because, like, I don't know. You can always try to work with people that are super, like, you know, hype and got a lot of, you know, success. But I think when you make something with your friends, it becomes less, like, about getting a product, getting a work piece of work out that's, like, amazing. It's more about just having experience and, like, being in the room with your friends, being in the studio with your friends is, like, one of the more fun things you can do in life, I would say. Definitely. And then at the end of the day, I feel like it's typically going to sound amazing because you've had a, a great time doing it. Yeah, like, if you're, if you're enjoying what you're doing, then it will sound good. Like, you know, music isn't this, like, calculated thing. It's kind of just trying to make a piece of work that makes people feel something. And, like, if you didn't feel anything when you made it, then no one's going to feel anything from it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, we're so excited to see what's next. We'll be on the lookout for that music video yeah, for I'm sure. Yeah, I'm so excited to see it. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Thank you so much, you guys. It was a pleasure. Um, it was great meeting you guys. Kawada is a very cool dude. I really liked him. He was a really cool guy. He seemed really down to earth. Um, I liked hearing how in-depth he went. Yeah, it was really cool to get some insider information, kind of what this podcast is about. And I love when, you know, we allow those stories to be shared. And, like, he was just being so honest about his personal experience. And I love when we can have a Boston connection with I someone. Know. It just, like, it makes it so much an easy icebreaker. For sure, for sure. And he was right. North End really does have some great Italian eatery. I would I know, know because I did go to Cigar Lounge there last weekend. Uh, and if you're wondering what was on the menu for me, it was four beers, a glass of wine, a shot of limoncello, and two cigars. So <laughs> needless to say, I slept for, like, 15 hours. Oh, that sounded like an extremely ratchet night. I don't know how um, else to say it. It was so bougie, actually. We were in a cigar lounge. Yeah, but like... With like red leather everywhere. Ugh, that is not for me. Oh, you suck. You uh, should have gone to like <laughs> Mike's or Modern and got a cannoli after. No, I would have. My ass would have been straight there after that much drinking. I 100% would have, but you know, we're in a... For anyone listening, not in Boston. Boston has a curfew at nine thirty now. So oh, I, I was that, that in. So I, it was nine thirty p.m. and I was that <laughs> into the alcohol and like cigars at the time. I had to go home after. There was no way. Uh, yeah. My ass had to Uber home. But anyways, <laughs> Kawada, his music is available on the Music You're Missing playlist. No Business is at the very top of the dang playlist. So go check it out right now. You can check him out uh, on Instagram. At Kuwata Music, on Twitter at Kuwata Music, 
and on Apple Music and Spotify. Did you see that or hear that? I got, got it, it right, right this you time. You got it right. Hey, and while you're there, and by there I mean Instagram, give us a follow at Music You're Missing. Make sure you follow our playlist, follow the podcast, uh, rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts if you're still listening this far. Just follow us everywhere. Music it, You're Missing. Really easy to find, you know? You know? You know? We have a rainbow, little rainbow icon thing. No. Can you tell I'm losing my mind Yeah, it's right not now? rainbow at all. It's actually just I guess, neon. I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> it actually is the opposite. It's like dark <laughs> colors. I don't know. I feel like there's every color of the rainbow in it. Goodbye. <laughs> Psst. Want to hear something amazing? Oh, and feel free to tell your friends, too. So, Kohl's, they're having a huge sale on summer stuff. And if you live for sunny days like I do, you need to check it out. I got 40% off a new patio set, Food Network Grilling Essentials for 20% off, and 50% off those yard games my kids won't stop talking about. Best part? I got an extra 15% off and some Kohl's cash. It almost makes being cooped up all winter worth it. Almost. Select styles 15% off for ends May 16th. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. This podcast is brought to you by Progressive. Have you tried the Name Your Price tool yet? It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to find a rate that works for you. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive. Get your quote today at Progressive.com and see why four out of five new auto customers recommend Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.